Welcome to the Coffee with Soul podcast with the Soul Diva. My mission is for women to love themselves fiercely, live soulfully while reclaiming their worth and self-expression. by guests for a variety of free-flowing conversations. Everything from living in alignment to self-love, transformation, embodiments. So grab your cuppa for the latest soulful conversation. And this week I am joined by the awesome Karen. And I'm going to allow her to introduce herself, including her surname, before I butcher it. And she is an animal communicator, certified crystal energy and shaman guide, certified oracle card reader and Reiki healer. And Karen runs a course called Rock Your Life, the Miracle Workshop, in which she shares her technique and transformation secrets. Karen, it's so lovely to have you here. That's only a brief introduction of who you are and and what you do. So tell us some more. Um, Yeah, Karin Breuer. I was born in Vienna, Austria, back in on a beautiful summer morning in 1972. So I turned half a century this year, which I really find very exciting. I didn't expect that it would be so amazing. I was growing up with two older brothers, which has always been a little bit of a challenge, but it also made me become a little, a stronger person. I would say. Um, yeah, you introduced me actually already so well. I don't know what else to say. I was, um, I think this fascination for the unknown has always been in my family. So we always knew that there was so much more than meets the eye, you know, going on around us. My first presentation at school, for example, was about the Bermuda Triangle. And I really loved this. Um, we I knew always, I felt always that there were my loved ones around me, my loved ones uh, in heaven, that they were here. And I actually, I got my first angel book in 1994. And then it was like, you know, it was like a remembering. Ah, yes. You know, because I was still, I mean, it was beginning 20. It was still like, I was still a little bit more connected than I would have been now without having this uh, Reminder, again, what is around us. Um, A real turning point was in 1995, when my mom took us to a workshop called Dynamic Mind Power. Power. And this workshop, Dynamic Mind Power, is actually the basis, the the foundation for my workshop today, this Rock Your Life workshop. Because I started learning the technique of... um, meditation, manifestation, you know, affirmations, visualizations, and learning to, to reprogram the, the things we carry in our subconscious mind. So this is my, actually my biggest passion in life, you know, to work with these, the law of attraction, law of cause and effect. Um, back to my life <laughs> introduction. I'm thinking how I can, I was, um, after high school, I was studying. I wanted to become a journalist. I was studying English and journalism. I found out that this is not my world because for me, uh, journalism is not a real world, but okay, this is another topic. <laughs> yeah. 
And then I, I stopped, I, I stopped the, the universe and started working because I wanted to be independent. And I um, started working or walking my energy cheap my energetic and spiritual path beside my work so i was 25 years i was working in an office but i was um like we spoke about already you know i was hiding this part of my life it was not you know officially i wasn't doing this but it was my life it was really um influencing everything you know in my life uh and then finally in in 2003 i did my first family constellation I started studying Reiki. I started working with animals. What was the next? I think in 2011, I did my formation to become an animal communicator. And since 2012, I am working officially as animal communicator. I'm registered as energy practitioner for humans and animals. So this is the official title with which I'm registered here at the Chamber of Commerce. And... 2017 was another huge step in my life. I started studying the Oracle card readings and it was also my, like my outing time, you know, like, because since I was 11, I was into rock music. I loved to, I was, I knew I would become a bass player because it was my dream. And um, this dream came true, but actually already in, in 1997, uh, when I was taken up on stage by Brian Adams to play with him. Wow. <laughs> Some of six, but this is another story. Um, yes, 2017, I, I was really like breaking out, you know, of this, of this separating these two worlds. And I said, okay, it's me. Both is me, you know. I'm a spiritual person. I'm, I love to do spiritual work, energy work, but I'm also... I love also rock music. I love to be crazy, wild. And this is okay. Both yeah. is me. Um, and actually, it's really helpful to combine this. So, yeah. And in 2018, finally, I closed the uh, office door behind me for the very last time. And I said, I quit. You know, I did this all beside my main job. And since 2019, I'm just living this, this life. Wow. And I was just listening to you going back through everything I was thinking actually there were two parts of that story that one was I actually knew of you before we ever connected on social media and that was because I attended one of Carl Gray's events and of course he talked about the KB twins <laughs> and so I'd heard about you <laughs> without knowing it was you um and then obviously I joined Angel Team uh in its second year so it would have been after you um and just remembering how welcoming you were to you know all of us that had appeared Aww. in behind you and remembering one of your posts which was exactly that was about walking away from your work and and making that final decision and so that would have been the point that actually we connected maybe without realizing we'd connected so yeah it's it's lovely to hear how far you've come since then and that journey since then it was a big it was a big step to be honest it was already uh, in 2017 that the company i was working for has was closed down shut down by our canadian mother 
Um, and it was already the point where I thought, okay, now it's time, you know, to step out. But something inside of me was still holding me back and still telling me, no, you're not entirely ready yet, you know, to, to live this with wholeheartedly, you know. I mean, I would have probably been too financially too dependent on being successful that my heart and the joy would have um, been missing in this pro process a little bit. But then, you know, it, you just feel it. When you know it, you know it. And I remember that day when I walked into the office and I said it to him, my complete body was shaking actually, but full of, you know, this was the confirmation. It was the best decision ever. And I never regretted it. Yeah. It was the perfect timing for sure. Mm -hmm. That, that definitely that you know it when you know it yeah however crazy it might sound to anyone around you yes um I know when I've walked away from work without having a job to go to mm -hmm. um everyone else is kind of like what are you going to do I don't know but it's going to be fine <laughs> somehow I remember I was at a workshop of Rebecca Campbell I don't know if you know Rebecca yes. Campbell and she's from Australia, but living in the UK. And she and it was a super workshop, a two-day workshop. And it was about making the first step, the baby step, you know, towards our goal. And um, I was raising my hand because she, she wanted to know who knows the baby step already. And my baby step was to quit my job. And then she said to me, but Karen, this is not a baby step. This is a huge <laughs> step. And I said, well, when I look at my goal, it's a baby step because I have huge goals, you know, and later on we were writing and she said, and I said to her, I did it. I did my baby step. I quit my job. And she said, Oh my God, congratulations. You know, it's just um, in relation to what I want to achieve, wanted to achieve and still want to achieve. It is the baby step. You know, it was just the first necessary step uh, indicating or telling, informing the universe that I'm ready now, you know, You've mentioned, obviously, the that journey of bringing your rock self and your oh. spiritual self. Yeah, tell us more about that journey of, of bringing the two together. Yeah, that was really that was crazy because um, I play bass guitar since nineteen ninety seven, mm -hmm. and um, I love rock music, heavy metal rock music. You know, it's just it was never fitting for me. These two words were never fitting together, you know, um, talking to angels and being, being in a rock band, you know, going to rock concerts. So I always kept it secretly in both directions. So I also thought my, my clients could not take me seriously if they knew that I would be going to rock concerts, you know. I mean, it's ridiculous, actually, but it has been a very strong dogma, very strong belief inside of me. And then, actually, I have to say it was Kyle, Kyle Gray. When I started and he, I had a session with him and he said, yeah, because I spoke about the fire I have inside of me, you know, and sometimes uncontrollable. And he said, but you're a rocker, Karen, you know, you are like this and it is, it is okay, you know, to be like this. And he also encouraged me to share who I really am in our Facebook group, in the Angel Tribe, to the Angel Team. And I remember when I had my first post regarding I, I was in a band competition with my band at that time in 2017. And I really took all my courage and I posted in the, in the group if they could pick a card for me, you know. And um, I was thinking, actually, yeah, they will kick me out of the group now. You know, they will think, I oh, he's stupid. We, it's about spirituality. What, you know, what do you want here? 
there was so much uh, enthusiasm even in the comments, you know, and they wanted to, to that, that I post a video after or my, you know, my story. And this was helping me so much to really acknowledge this in my spiritual world. So I, funny, now I think the, the card I was receiving, three of them was Horus, you know, of the people who picked the card was Horus, of the Keepers of the Light, and I love, I love Horus. Um, but the other way around, it was still a secret, you know? And then I, I, I thought, but it is me, you know? I succeeded on one side. I really want to leave this also and tell them what I'm actually doing, you know, with the other, on the other side. And this was in this band. Um, of course, the reaction was in both ways, you know, you could see which band member was open and which was just thinking she's very ridiculous what she's doing. Can we still take her seriously? But I think it was just as long as I didn't fully acknowledge it. Because in the moment, this was like one, two years later, in the moment I realized that I acknowledge and I love what I'm doing. I love who I am. Um, the people around me acknowledged it, no matter if they had an idea what I'm doing or not, no matter if they found this okay or even not, but they acknowledged and accepted me. And this was, you know, of course, as soon as we can, we can love and accept ourselves the way we are, the others can also. Absolutely. That's that's the bit, that loving and accepting ourselves. Yes. And as you were talking, I was just reflecting on actually, given how much addiction we know is involved in so many members of the, the rock and roll community, yes. rock community for want of a better word, and actually the fact that they find their own spirituality yes. as their way of healing, as their way of overcoming their addictions. You know, so many of them find, whether it's God, meditation, whatever this is to get yes. them through. And so actually, when you look at it and think of it that way, the two are actually much more closely connected than we would ever think. Yes, it's exactly what you say now. For me, music is spirituality, you know, yeah. each kind of music. It is our heart, which needs to be in alignment with what we, you know. So we have different tastes. We are different. We are all individuals. And that's why um, if, I would be, if I would be into classical music, I would not have felt, felt ashamed, you know, to share this in the ancient tribe in the beginning. Yeah. But I thought because it's a different kind of music. But did you see my post of yesterday regarding Papa Roach? Yes, yes. Share, share that because not everyone will have seen that. I, I remember when my, fr my friend, I, I think I follow them since 2006. And when my friend first took me to a concert of them, I was just, you know, I, I knew the music, it was quite heavy. But during the concert, I just felt so much love from coming from stage, you know, just an overwhelming, almost, almost overwhelming love of the singer. You know, he was always giving us hearts and it was not, not cool, you know, but it was so, I thought, okay, but it's him, you know, he's just sharing love. And then some years later, um, during the concert, he suddenly became very serious, you know, and he started really speaking about openly about his addiction, drugs, alcohol, also his um, the anxieties he was going through, you know, and how he overcame them. 
how he was working himself through this. And of course, you can hear it in the songs, you know, you can hear it in the lyrics. They are really like processing a lot with the lyrics. And, and then he, he asked us to raise our hand if we are in the same position, if we're feeling the same, or if we have gone through this, you know. And this was really because, they, you know, rock fans, they, they, I have the feeling that sometimes you just want to be cool, you know. You go there because you want to be cool. And suddenly the energy switched in the moment, you know, and the first started to raise their hand, you know, and then it was like, there was only love. There was only love you could feel it. And the neighbors hugged those who were raising their hand, you know, and, and then really in the end, we were just looking, smiling at each other, hugging each other and, and some were crying really because they were so, they felt so relieved to finally share this, to finally open up. And I know it, it was my biggest challenge. The hardest part of having these anxieties and panic attacks for me was the shame. You know, the shame that others could see this, that others could um, realize how weak I was and how, how anxious and how wrong I was because I was not okay, you know. So it was not okay to be the way I am. And to, to really, to say, first of all, I have the right to be who I am and have the right to feel how I feel. But especially to see that others are there as well, you know, and you would not have expected from these really cool, tough guys, rockers, you know, that they can be so sensitive. So, and the most beautiful thing is, was in 2019, Papa Roach was here in Vienna for the last time up to now. Oh no, it was 2020. It was two years, two and a half years ago. And I was with Kim, Mikey Between, and we were actually, we wanted to leave already, but we started chatting with one of the security guys. And then suddenly the singer came and just, just short before he posted his seventh um, year of, how is it called? Supri sobriety. sobriety. And I just said to him, Jacoby, congratulations, you know, for, for your seventh anniversary of sobriety. And he hugged me, you know, and he was so grateful to, um, to, to, to have this appreciation or this acknowledgement also, you know, because it was also a challenge for him to, to, to open up, you know, to share what he was going through. And it was so beautiful, you know, it was so beautiful to, to see, to really speak to this man, you know, to really see how he is appreciating this so much, you know, it's also made him a warrior, you know, all, all these weak moments when we overcome them, it makes us become a warrior, a warrior of love. And I think, <laughs> I'm about to do to you what I do to my coaching clients, which is, can you reframe those weak moments? Because I think that's one of our views, isn't it? We view these moments of, you know, I have my own story with anxiety. We view these moments of anxiety as potentially as weakness, as vulnerable, but vulnerably weak, not vulnerability with strength. And we put so much pressure on ourselves, so much judgment on ourselves, where actually when we start to think about why they're there, where they might have come from, if we had some compassion for ourselves, they wouldn't be seen as a weakness. They'd be understandable. Yes. That, that is how it's coming out. And um, so one of my stories is that I started doing performances I danced with a samba band 
Mm, and cool. I would dance in that in front of thousands in you know some of the praise we did yet I had anxiety going out sometimes as in if I was going to somewhere as myself going into a new venue and I would really struggle and it was really hard because I was ashamed, as you said, the shame there. I was ashamed about this and having this. You know, I, I went to work, I did a professional role, I performed, but there was this part of me. And to the point where there was one night I missed a friend's birthday and they were so angry at me that I hadn't turned up. Mm. And for the first time, I had to admit that I was getting ready and I was genuinely getting ready and getting dressed and it. I just couldn't get past the anxiety that night and they never knew they because they mm. all they'd ever seen was the other side of me I'd never let them in and actually once we start opening up and having these conversations we realize we're not alone which was exactly yes. what you were saying in your post um and all these people that I also know that I look at and admire they're going through similar things and so it is a conversation and doors to open up and and you know accept these are not weaknesses yes. they come from a place yeah and actually one we can work through them but two we can work through them together absolutely i remember because you mentioned this um a crazy hard panic attack was not at the best place. It was 30 meter underwater. <laughs> there was my first, I'm a scuba diver. I'm actually a rescue diver. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the open water, then the advanced, and then the rescue diver. And it was in Egypt and it was so beautiful, you know, and I was following a fish and it was going down, 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 you know, and then I checked where I was actually. And it was a little bit deeper than 30 meters, but actually 30 is the limit, you know, you are allowed to go. And then I looked up and I felt already the sound in my head changing because of the depth, you know, everything is changing. The deeper you dive, the, the more the sound is changing. And I was looking up and I thought, you could die now, Karin. And then there was this panic attack coming, you know, like I couldn't breathe. And I, I was with my boyfriend at that time and my father, and my boyfriend knew me very, very well. He also knew about my panic attacks. And he was always uh, around me because I'm always, the, you know, I'm the photographer, underwater photographer. So he always checked where I was. And I, I didn't want, actually my intention, my, my, my first feeling was to rush up, you know. I didn't do this, not because it would have killed me, which it would have done, yeah. but because I didn't want it, my father and my boyfriend see it is crazy so I was going up the reef you know but in a speed which was of course unnormal <laughs> and my boyfriend chasing behind me and just you know holding me at my shoulders and looking into my eyes and it was exactly this I needed he saw me he just signalized I see you I'm with you I see you you know and then I cooled down again and my father didn't realize it I'm not sure if my father knows it today you know still wow. and then when I returned back to work after this holiday, a colleague came to me by coincidence telling me about her fear of getting a panic attack underwater. You know, I, I didn't say anything, of course. 
And, um, and then she said to me, but you know what I'm doing since then? Before each dive, I'm saying to the dive guide or the one I'm diving with that I'm having this. And I thought, oh my God, I can't do this. You know, it makes me appear so weak and so wrong. But it was exactly this, you know, the fear of people seeing this was the biggest problem of the panic attacks because they made them so much stronger or made them occur so much more easily, you know. So that was a that was led, you know. The universe sent me this uh, this colleague that is going or has gone through the same experience, but she told me the solution already, you know, to say that I have the problem, to say this before, and then for the first time when I did this, I felt so relieved and so much lighter, you know. And I knew that they would check for me, you know, if they feel something is wrong, they are here. But it's, it's funny actually, you know, how our shame is is holding us back often or blocking us and making things worse. Stupid shame. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not so stupid. It's there as a, you know, we're back to, it's there as a, a protection. It's there for, yes. it had a reason at some point. It had a purpose yeah. at some point. Unfortunately, it's, we've outgrown it and it's still there. So. Yeah. But absolutely, I mean, how many times have, whether you've posted or you've looked at someone else's posts on social media, like you've said about the person turning up and you just needed to hear those words yeah. on that day. Yes, exactly. You know, somebody shares their story and, and it's just, I don't know, it's almost relief. Yeah. I remember another coach um, talking about a, it's a female stunt double. And she's performed in, you know, some big blockbuster films, we, films we would have all seen. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that her anxiety kicked in and she mm -hmm. needed support. And, and I do think, particularly as women, I think, you know, the, a lot of the guys have this man up and that you don't show. And I think we also have this sense as being a woman that it again there's a weakness to it there's a weakness to being open and, and being real and yet actually yes. when we start talking so many of us have yeah. those experiences or similar experiences yes I, I I think my my main point was I was always very very sensitive I'm a Cancerian and I was extremely sensitive, but I was bullied a lot for this. Even in my family, you know, so my two older brothers, they didn't think about it, you know, but I was just, it was clear for me that it is not okay to cry and it is not okay to be sensitive. It's not okay to, to have feelings, you know, um, I mean, like sadness or, or it was not okay. So I started really to, to, to build a wall, you know, around me to not show my feelings anymore. And this was for so, so long, you know, except when I was in a relationship, this was the part when I opened up in a relationship, but sometimes not even with friends, because I always felt it was not okay. It was my, I was trained like this, you know, it was my program in my subconscious mind. And this also was um, since 2017, you know, being in the angel tribe, angel team, um, seeing all the others, you know, sharing their, their weaknesses, their weaknesses, their feelings, you know, 
their emotions, their sensitivity, and to really see that I can only do my work, the work I'm doing today, I can only do because I'm sensitive, you know, because I'm feeling so much. And it is okay. Of course, it was also important for me to learn to disconnect myself because I always felt what people were feeling around, you know, when I started um, ex ex um, realizing my, my gift, you know, to, to like Reiki, I did this long before I, you know, I would touch people, you know, I would place my hand on the part which was painful, but I would feel sh shit after, sorry, <laughs> you know, I would, I was drained. So I was not able to disconnect myself again after. And this was very important for me to learn so that I can open up, you know, connect myself, feel whatever I needed to feel, but then also be again in my energy. And to learn this was so important now that I could do what I'm doing now. Yeah. As you were saying, it's, we're not taught to be in our emotions, feel in our emotions, express them. You know, at school, it's always sit down you know, yeah. behave, do this, do that. doesn't matter what you're feeling in that moment. It's basically compress it and be part of. And yeah, I'm, you know, grew up in a family as well where it was, you know, what are the tears for rather than, mm -hmm. okay, you're feeling sad. And it took a long time as well for me to, to learn that, yeah, it's okay to feel the emotions. It's not okay to sit in them. Yeah. But it's okay to to feel them and have them come up and express them in a safe and healthy way. Yeah. And exactly like you, that's kind of then why I can do what I do. Yes. Um, but I I think, you know, when I worked with young people and I used to do the mental health assessments for them. And so often they would have these overwhelming feelings. And the reason it would hit crisis point is they just wanted the feelings to stop mm. and they didn't know how to stop them. So they would obviously take action to try and stop them, which then put them at, themselves at risk even more. Yeah. Because nowhere in any curriculum, and, and unless you've got an amazing family amazing parents without their own problems and, topics. and their own experiences and all the rest of it um where do you learn Which i remember what was also helping me a lot because i often heard from also my parents that i was too sensitive you know that i was um, always weak and very vulnerable and, and one day I was walking with my father, you know, and I was speaking about something and he said, why, you know, not like a, like a reproach, like he was so like, ah, why are you all so sensitive? And so, and then, you know, suddenly I said to him, I have the right to be sensitive. And he stopped and he never said something after this again, because I was always defending myself. I was always explaining why I felt like this. I was always defending myself or even apologizing. And in this moment, I just acknowledged it. And I said, I have the right to feel what I feel. I have the right to be sensitive. And he stopped, you know. So this was also a turning point to acknowledge it. Then the others can as well, like we said before, you know. Absolutely. And I think... I'm aware as well in terms of where you're talking about your, you know, your feelings and feeling sensitive that 
when you're working with animals, where I will let you talk on this much more than me, mm. but um, I'm aware from when I used to ride, you know, the horses would pick ah. up on everything, even the stuff we were trying to, you know, press down and they would know. No chance to, yeah, to hide this. Yeah. So what difference does it make when you're doing your animal work? Funny that you mentioned this riding horses because I, I did when I was really like young, like 13, 12, 13, 14. And then, you know, um, of course you have respect, you know, big horses and, and it, but in 2014, I restarted doing this again because I wanted to see how is it, you know, I want to see now how my energy, how my ability to communicate is influencing um, my time with the horse. And this was such an amazing experience, you know, because if, uh, um, the boyfriend of my niece is um, a teacher. So he was my teacher. I had more trust, you know, but he, he asked me to do things which I thought I can't do, you know, like ride with the arms spread and, you know, like trusting the horse. And then I, I was really getting into this communication, this connection to the horse and say, hey, I trust you, you know, we will do this. We are a team now. Yeah, the animal communication is, that's why, you know, I love so much to do this course because it's nothing we need to learn. It's just something we need to remember because it's here, you know, this telepathic connection to everything around us, actually, you know, this, you know, you think of a person and the next moment this person calls. This is natural because we are all telepathically connected. And for the animals, it's their natural language, actually. This is how the, the especially in the wildlife, how groups of, of birds or fishes coordinate their moves, how they communicate on distance. And um, in the moment they realize that we humans start to, to, that we are able to use this tool again. They are so happy about this, you know, that they can share what they feel and they, they can interact with us. And actually I have no idea what your question was. I'm just, you know, when I start speaking about animal communication, I will not stop, just a little warning. Um, yeah that's why I'm so happy you know to, to just encourage people that there's not a tool they need to learn it's a tool they need to remember mm. we as, a, as when we are born you know we are absolutely capable of, of experiencing of perceiving everything around us telepathically with our clear senses and then this like falls asleep sometimes and it's a pity because it is such a wonderful thing such a wonderful tool we all have no, I was just taken back with you saying about that and as and just yeah, as as babies, remembering that babies picking up on whether it's mum or caregiver, you know, picking up energetically on everything. Yes. Already in the womb, you know? Yeah. Still even before their birth. Yeah. And just exactly, we don't always keep that with us because of, you know, whether it's family or schools or everything where again it's that that compress and instead of feeling into our feelings and trusting our feelings I think that's the yes you were talking about obviously trusting the horse <laughs> but actually a lot of it's trusting ourselves ourselves this is the main topic I just started the English um, beginning of July the English animal communication course and the only thing that keeps the people from from perceiving everything clearly is the trust actually no what keeps them is the doubt <laughs> You know, because they don't believe that they can do this. And it's always that they, they, they are scared that the ego is speaking and not the animal, you know, so that they're inventing. And, and this is just the only thing 
really the only thing in each kind of of um, of our connection, you know, spiritual senses, uh, is, is we just need the trust to know that yes, we can, you know, and um, to trust our intuition and to ah, to silence the ego a little bit. Mm. Not easy. Yeah. No, it isn't. But I, I kind of feel that that's where we are globally right yes. now. Actually, in terms of feeling into a new way of being, yeah, and a new way of doing, and a lot of that is getting out of the ego and getting out of the individual and being much more connected and more yeah. about the oneness and you know I think you started in talking about the love and yeah getting back to that from the heart and yes it's so wonderful you know the animal communication I always say that it's the heart you know otherwise this doesn't work it's a heart-to-heart -heart connection and without love it doesn't work and it really doesn't matter what which animal I get it could be a spider in the moment I connect I feel love and the beautiful thing is that the same is now also possible with humans, you know, no matter who it is, I need to connect to, I need to work with. I feel love. I feel like my heart is opening up and, and that's how it works, you know, and that's also how I feel I'm safe, no matter what drama this person is going through, what stuff is coming, you know, as, as long as we stay in this love energy, I, I feel safe and I feel just connected. And like you said, this oneness, Anyway, we are all one. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it, it is, it's for me, and I guess it's that masculine, feminine balance. But for me, that very much that dropping into the heart and coming from that space and living from that, that yeah. place rather than the head decisions, the ego, the shoulds, all of that stuff. Yes. And just, just thinking how much of a difference that could make. If, yes. If that, if that was the, the decision-making process and that was expanded more. Mm. Yes, absolutely. We've talked, we see, we, it feels like we've talked very little about <laughs> what you do in your story, but we've also been talking so much. What would you like to share that you haven't? Um, actually, my, my biggest passion beside the animal communication is really, really, is this um, to share my progress, my process, you know, from breaking out of this, um, being the victim in life, but becoming the master of your life, you know, the creator of your life. This is really something which is so important for me for myself, but also to share this and that we are, you know, we are not the victims and to take responsibility. You know, I work a lot, like I said, with the law of uh, attraction. So law of cause and effect and how we can really, really reprogram our subconscious mind to experience the, the reality we would love to experience. And that's actually why I created this um, Rock Your Life, the miracle workshop, because I really share, actually, this is something I would love to to speak about a little bit, you know, that I have really packed 
all my experiences since 1995. So all the tools I have learned there, all the techniques, including my, my, my miracles, you know, in my life that I have, when I was 11, I wanted to, I saw a Brian Adams concert on TV and I started dreaming about uh, being a bass player and playing with Brian Adams on stage. And because I was dreaming this, you know, in my naive child, childlike uh, energy, um, this created a program in my subconscious mind. And this program um, helped that this event realized in 1997 when Brian Adams took me on stage during a concert in Vienna. And I was playing Summer of 69 on the bass guitar, you know. And because we speak about small miracles, bigger miracles, you know, miracle is a miracle. And because I believed this, I never doubted it, you know. I, I lived it with all my senses, this dream. And then it was coming true. And the funny thing is, actually, in the moment I was up there on stage, it felt like the most natural thing for me in the world. Because I've been there so many times in my with my heart in my fantasy that it was just la here I am now cool <laughs> it's like I like I imagined and yes and this is what I really want to to help people you know in this course in this rock your life the miracle workshop that no matter what happens to them in the moment they um, they take the responsibility and I know this sounds really tough if really awful things happen to you but there is nobody outside who will change it it's you can change your patterns. You can change the programs in your subconscious mind. And we work also in this course a lot with Ho'oponopono, with uh, inner child healing, also transformation and stuff, violet flame, um, a lot of meditations and journeying, also shamanic journeys, because it's just what I love always to integrate. I think this is my, my biggest goal, you know, to help people step into their power and not feeling as victims anymore, but putting them in the driving seat and making them realize that they can change their life. They have the tools, everybody, you know, they have the ability and the power to do so. I love that. I love that. I'm just sat here going, I could keep listening to you telling me about that. <laughs> Don't say this. I can, I can speak. <laughs> you talked about your workshop. How can people connect with you? Where's the best place for them to find you and get more information? Um, you can, I am on Facebook. I'm as Angel Touch, Karin Breuer. I'm on Facebook and on Instagram. And um, I don't know, can you share them? Can you share the, the share, links I after? Share, I'll share your links as well. And also for the uh, my, my website. So the course is already, so you can, you can start, you can book the course already. It starts on the 10th of September. Mm -hmm. It is for six weeks. So it's a six weeks, week intense program, actually, because it's each week. We have a group session each week. Um, there's a lot of uh, training also in between. So you always get homework, what you need to work on until the next session. So you have one week, you know, it's working. We will dive into the subconscious mind to reveal and remove it will reprogram the limiting programs into positive, into supporting programs. And um, what else can I say? Yes, and, per, and each uh, participant also gets a one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. So whatever comes to the surface where you feel like, oh, this is something I need to work on, then in the private session, in the one-on-one -on -one session, we can then go deeper and 
see what can be done. So this is something um, yesterday someone said to me, this is not normal that people are doing this, you know, that they are doing a workshop and offering a one-on-one -on -one session, including, you know, and I was also told to judge this additionally, but it doesn't, it just doesn't feel right for me, you know, because I think if it's my target that people after these six weeks feel empowered and feel ready to take their lives into their hands and not needing external support, you know, just of course, from time to time, we need someone else, you know, to help us. But for me, the most important point is, or thing is that people realize that they have the power. They don't need anyone else around. I mean, you know, of course, it's always, you know, to have an outside objective view is always helpful, but we have the power inside. We don't need to make ourselves depending on someone else. And I was just thinking about the fact that actually so many of your titles and, you know, the qualifications have the word guide in them. And it mm. feels like that's the, the title. And, you know, I know for myself, it's soul guide. And, yeah. and it's that. It's yes, everybody has it. But sometimes you need someone else just to guide you through what you already have so that you can bring it up. Yes. And you can understand it in a way that makes sense. And I think, yeah, that's where, yes. you know, your, your workshop, your work in general kind of comes into its own. It's, it's being able to guide someone through who, exactly. who doesn't know where to start or, or hasn't had those experiences. And also, I guess, like both of us, because as you said, you know, yours started in the 90s. And um, interestingly, my Reiki was 2004 to your 2003. Um, <laughs> And it's so condensing those periods of time, you know, that I think as guides that we took for our own journeys and now being able to take those experiences and to say to somebody else, right, this is everything that helped me in six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it might be for that person, rather than six years, 12 years. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. It's intense also for me, I have to admit, you know, when I'm doing this workshop, I'm going through the same process again and again. And we need, you know, we never, we always work here. We always learn and grow. And I'm also going through all these practices, you know, connecting to my inner child, doing this whole bono bono. And this is what makes it even more intense, I think, because the complete group energy, you know, it's, and of course you open up, you know, you are vulnerable actually, but it's a safe space. And this is what I always take care uh, of that it's really that people can open up and can really share how they feel and feel safe by doing this I love that I absolutely love that and I, I know I haven't been part of your group but I do know the space that you know you've held on so many of the live sessions that you you do and yeah it's such a beautiful space to be part of and such a beautiful Thank space you. to share with you well, thank you so much. Like I, I said, thank you. I, we could keep talking, and <laughs> um, but that feels like a, a sensible place to leave it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so, so much for, for having me, for inviting me to do this with you. It was really a pleasure. It's been, it's been a privilege to have you here. Thank Aww. you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed yet another soulful conversation. 
just a reminder that my small group coaching programme, The Queendom Codes, starts again on the 28th of July. It's aimed at women looking to step more fully into their feminine energy, intuition, flow, pleasure and sensuality and loving themselves more fully. For more information on this five-week course, check out the links below. To find out more about my work, how to connect with me, check out the notes below. Don't forget to subscribe and follow and I look forward to you joining me next time.